Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. James chapter 1 verse 19 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, how many know God's all about relationships? You know, if you look at the cross, there's a vertical member. And Jesus, God wanted us to have, we were separated from God. When Adam fell off that wagon, you know, when Adam fell off the bridge, we fell off with him, right? Sin entered the world, and so we were separated because of sin. And so there's a vertical member in that cross. And so Jesus is the mediator. He's the one that paid our sin debt so that we can come boldly through the throne of grace in a time of need. And so we have right relationship with Jesus Christ. We have right relationships with the Father. We have right relationship with the Holy Spirit, all because what Jesus did on that cross. And so our relationship has been restored with the Father. That's the vertical, right? But how many know there's a cross has a horizontal? as a horizontal member. And so that is right relationships with one another. God doesn't just want to say, we love you, Lord, but we, all these other people we don't care for. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? And so God wants to restore relationships. And so with this right here, this is gold right here. The Holy Spirit inspired James to pen this, to write this, because God's thoughts are not our thoughts. How many know we got stinking thinking? And we need to change that thinking, and we have to restore it by renewing our mind and with the Word of God. So this is God's thoughts. Do not get this out of order. A lot of us get this out of order, and that's why we have problems in relationships. It says right here, first of all, it says be what? Quick to listen. Be quick to hear. Swift to hear. That means we need to put our emphasis on listening to people. When someone's talking to us, you know, we don't just look for a pause there so we can interrupt and put what we need to say, right? He's saying right here that you need to, to have right relationships with people. You need, to, you need to listen. You know, it reminds me of that movie. Uh, what was that? Uh, Dan Carvey, the 2002, the, uh, the disguise guy. Master disguise. You remember what he said? He says, this is what you're doing. This is what you need to be doing. A lot of us are doing this, talking, but we need to keep this, you know, put a cork in it, right? <laughs> and listen fully what the other person's having to say in the relationship. This goes with husbands and wives. This goes with colleagues at work. This goes with relationships. It goes with friends, whoever. We need to listen. Why? Because we do not know everything. Yeah. Only God knows everything. God's omniscient. We do not know everything. You know where a lot of fights start is because we want to be right, and we think we are right, and we're going to fight to be right, and that's where we get in trouble. Did you know Jesus was right? He's the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. He was right, but he didn't come to the earth to be right. He came to the earth to restore mankind. We should have that same thought. How am I going to restore one another? How am I going to restore people? How am I going to be a living epistle? It's by slowing down and listening Put our emphasis on listening and listen to what the other person has to say. And sometimes if we will just do that, we don't have to even go to speaking. We don't have to do anything else. But if we listen, we would be awakened to what the other person is trying to say. Yeah. Then it says, so be quick to listen, 
slow to speak. Now, that doesn't mean slow in your vocabulary. Daniel would be in trouble if that was a truck. <laughs> How many of you know she can speak? You know, some people can type 90 words a minute. I think she can speak 100 words a minute. <laughs> she can really go. But it's not about, it's not about speaking slowly in your vocabulary. It's saying slow down on your response. Slow down in response. When someone's through talking and you've heard them, don't just jump in there. A lot of times people think because there's a silence there, silence can be golden. You know, sometimes we need just to pump the brakes, right? Take a deep breath and think about before we speak. Think about what's going to come out of our mouth. Think slow to speak. That means slow down through your response. Think about what your response is going to be. Is it necessary what you're fixing to say? Is it beneficial what you're about to say? Is it edifying to the person? Is it building up the people? If it's correction and instruction, is it done in love? We need to slow down our response. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath. And you will slow down in your wrath if you will do that. See, we want to be people that respond and not react. Knee jerk, you know what I'm talking about, reaction? We don't want to do that. We want to be people, listen, people sometimes react by their emotions and don't slow down enough to respond and think really, truly what they need to say. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Some people make decisions by just their emotions. And I'm not saying not to have emotions. You're not walking around here with ice water in your veins. But I'm talking about don't let emotions rule you. Totally. In every aspect of your life, there's people that make purchases, big purchases and decisions. They don't pray to God. They just do it off their emotions. Some people only show up to church because of their emotions. Well, I feel like going to church. Sometimes I don't feel like coming to church. Amen. But I'm the pastor and I got to be here. I deal with emotions. You're sitting there thinking that don't ever look at your pastor that he thinks he's got it all together. Every hair is in place. I don't. I'm just like you trying to get through life also. And when you start looking at me that way, we'll all do a whole lot better. Amen? Because if you look close enough, you'll find fleas on me, right? And they'll be picking fleas off of me, all right? And I won't be doing it with you also. So, Watch out for our reaction. Do you have a hairy trigger? You know what I mean by that? Do you, do you, are, are you set off quickly when someone says something? Do you slow down, pump the brakes, think about it before you speak? My uncle back years ago, I was, this is back in the 70s, I was eight or nine years of age, and man, we had rifles and guns. We hunted, we still hunt. And he had this little 22 Ruger single shot. And my uncle back in the day, you know, there were silencers. You got all kinds of things, suppressors and everything in the day. He was back in the 70s, early 70s, taking lawnmower mufflers. He would thread the end of a barrel and screw on a lawnmower muffler to make a silencer out of it. And so he was always messing with all kinds of things. You know, he'd give me something to shoot. And I remember he just did the trigger on this little 22, and I was used to pulling it and shooting it. But he told me, hey, I've touched that. I've messed with that a little bit. So be careful with that. And so I remember laying at the target, 
And I didn't even have to pull the trigger. I just touched the trigger. Boom, it fired. You don't want to have that kind of hairy trigger. <laughs> Where it's just something, not even a pull, right? What that slowing down and responding is making you pull, okay? Think about it before you speak and not just, just jump off of there and fire it away. Fire it will, right? So, and that will eliminate wrath. Listen, there's righteous indignation, righteous anger. Be angry, but sin not. But when you get in wrath of man, he's talking about the wrath of man where you just lose control, that's not from God. And we hurt relationships, and people get offended, people get bitter, and we got to guard against all that. And so it's saying right here, if you will follow this order, you know, don't be, don't be quick to speak and slow to listen. Be quick to listen. Put the emphasis on listening. Here, here's what it is. Listen and learn. Listen and learn. All right, let's go on. Verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Amen. So who is making the choice here to lay aside filthiness? Who's responsible? Is God going to bulldoze you over and make you do it? Who's the choice here? We are to lay down filthiness. We are to lay down and set aside all overflow of wickedness. It's our choice. God's expecting us to do it. Now, he'll help you once you take that step. But you have to make that step. You have to guard. And listen, there's all kind of wickedness out there today. Amen? Ooh, it has changed out there. The environment has changed out there. The whole reason we have churches is, is to learn about God and have a healthy place and grow healthy people and not let wickedness and evil get into our lives. We got to watch out for that. You got to watch out what can pollute and corrupt and get in your heart. You know, uh, you know the Brazos River. That is the longest river in Texas. And believe it or not, it starts up in New Mexico. The headwaters of the Brazos River is in New Mexico. It travels all through Texas. And the mouth of the Brazos River is at the Gulf of Mexico. It empties, right? And so when you look at, me and Sam were talking about this, up around Glen Rose. He was up around Glen Rose at the Brazos River. He says people are kayaking and they're tubing out there and they're swimming out there. And I go, and the Brazos River? Because I've never been there. But by the time you get here in Chapel Hill on 290, <laughs> and you look at that Brazos River, it looks like milk, doesn't it? It looks like chocolate milk. By the time it gets to <laughs> and emptying into the Gulf of Mexico, the mouth of it, oh, it's all kind of stuff down there. As a matter of fact, if you fish out of there, they say don't keep the fish out of there because they're cross-eyed, okay? <laughs> you got to watch out. So how did the Brazos River get like that? If it starts off in New Mexico, I know it looked clear as a, it's clear up there. Because of tributaries, because of creeks, because of runoff. It says watch out for the overflow, the overflow of wickedness. See, you might start off, you have a good heart, you're born again, you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, but you got to watch out what your eye gate watches, what your ear gate hears on the news, on social media, all that can pollute 
the flow of your river. Matter of fact, Proverbs says it like this, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. It means you guard your heart because out of it flows like a river, and out of that river, it will come out into, eventually into the mouth of the ocean. You remember what Jesus said? He says that in a man's heart, the buns, uh, when the mouth speaks, the bun of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's getting down in your heart? How many, how many say praise the Lord in here, amen, and then you walk outside and, and, and you're driving down the road and someone cuts you off and you tell them they're number one? <laughs> it can happen, right? And I'm not condoning that, but I'm telling you how quickly that you can do that. And James says that bitter water and sweet water ought not flow out it ought not to flow out of the same spring so watch out for runoff watch out for wickedness what you're actually doing is 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 watching out for the flesh reach over your neighbor and give him a little pinch so you still got you still got flesh don't you now i, I didn't come up here to start a fight okay you still got flesh you got to overcome that flesh so you got to remember, why am, am I allowing, am I walking in the spirit? Am I walking in the flesh? Is what I'm listening to, watching, giving ear to, giving, you know, ear to, is it, is it coming from the flesh or is it coming from the spirit? If you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So we got to guard those things. Guard that river and receive. With meekness, not weakness. The world thinks meekness is weakness, but in the, Bible, in the Bible, meekness is strength. It's controlled strength. He's saying right here, submit yourself to the Word of God. The implanted Word. How many know that engrafted Word? It can get hold of you. It can grow with you. It can change you. It can transform you. Receive with meekness the engrafted Word is able to save your soul. Receive with meekness, receive God's thoughts. Submit to his will. You have a free will, but take your free will and submit to his will and do what the word has to say. And it'll transform you. Get that implanted word and it's able to save, sozo. That's what it means in Greek, sozo. That makes your... Some of us have a, a, a soul, a mind that's got a stretch. It's like a stretched hammy, you know? <laughs> How many of you know I'm talking about? Your soul is tired and it's, you know, it's just, and, and realize your soul, it, you, your soul is your mind. You, you're, you're, when you're born again through Christ Jesus, you're a spirit. That's, who the, that's, a real, that's a real you. But you have a mind, but you're not a mind. You have a soul, you're not a soul. You're really, truly a born-again spirit. That's what's going to go living with the Lord is a new spirit. But you have a mind, which is your will and your emotions. And God's saying this word, it will transform your mind. If you receive it with meekness, it will change your mind. It will sozo, it will heal, make you whole in your soul. John says like this, above all things. Everybody say above all things. Above all things. I pray that you prosper. <laughs> And be in good health, even as your soul prospers. We have to have a prosperous soul. We have to have a healthy soul. We have to have a healed soul. How do you do it? By receiving God's word. Amen. Reading God's word. Amen.
Look at verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Stop right there. There is a self-deception to think that if you understand God's word, can preach God's word, teach God's word, agree about God's word, that you've done God's word. I'm really serious about that. That's what James is saying here. Sometimes because we hear it and we understand it and we agree with it, we think we've done it. And it's not done until you perform God's word. You can agree with it. You can quote it. You can memorize it. You can speak it until you put footsteps to what you believe. You haven't done the word. Example, maybe someone wronged you. Maybe you got someone that just said horrible things about you, betrayed you, just an enemy. How many know there's enemies out there? But what does God's word say to do? Bless your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Those that despitefully use you. Now, you can agree with that. You're here today. You're like, amen. I understand it. I agree with it. Oh, I need to forgive. You can teach about forgiveness. You can even address that person and say, I need to forgive them. But until you act on it, until you perform forgiveness, it's not forgiveness. That's simple, but it's profound. How many of us are, the devil's not deceiving you. He says, do not deceive yourselves. Do not deceive yourself. The devil's not deceiving you. We deceive ourselves when we think, okay, I've heard it. I understand it. I can even teach it. But if you don't do it, you're not a doer of the word. Let's look at the rest of it. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away immediately forgetting what kind of man he was. But he who looks in the perfect law of liberty, I love that, sending them for the word of God. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The perfect law of liberty and continues in it he is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one, this one, everybody say this one, yes. will be blessed in what he does. James is liking the word of God like a mirror. You know, there's all symbols throughout God's word. As, a, as God's word, there's different symbols. Moses said it's like bread. Jeremiah says it's like a hammer. David, the psalmist, David says, it's a lamp. Jesus said, it's the seed of the sower. The writer of Hebrews says, it's quick and powerful. It's a two-edged sword. But James says, it's a mirror. You know, before we came to church today, I think that every one of us, hopefully, <laughs> looked in the mirror. I know I did when I brushed my teeth. I know I look in the mirror to make sure that my hair is not sticking up everywhere. I make sure there's no smudges on my face. I look at my teeth to make sure the spinach from last night's not hanging out. I look at myself, not like I used to. 
But a quick once over, Dina does that for me now. But a quick once over to look over. But James is saying that there's two people that are like looking into a mirror, a forgetful hearer. That's one who just does a glance over. But there's also the person who looks continually in the mirror. Back when I was a kid in high school, you know, I grew up a teenager in the 70s. And uh, um, man, I, I mean, I can remember some of the music of the 70s. And this is some of the music maybe Pastor Arthur heard when I, you know, you got to re realize, I know, don't get all legalistic on me here now, okay? <laughs> but Sam, play a little song here. This is kind of the things that I used Carry to. On my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no some of your songs, right? All back in the 70s, you know, it had those big lead-ins. Do you remember those big old guitar lead-ins that would come in and take five minutes before the song even started? But that, that was back when I was, I was a teenager and I went to high school in uh, Aldine High School. Big high school back in the day. It was five. You gotta realize this is 1979, all right? 1979 through 82, I graduated in 82. And the style back then was uh, you had long hair. And uh, I had some long hair, and they wouldn't let it go below your collar, okay? That's what, that's the farthest it would get. It's, if it got below my collar, then they'd take me in the principal's, they'd trim your hair right there in the principal's office. So with all that hair, realize this this morning, all that hair, I spent a lot of time in the mirror. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the mirror. It was all about the hair, guys. And uh, I got a picture up here. This is 1979. I was, this is a summer before I was a freshman. And I want to play, you know, not where's Waldo, but I want you to find out where's Pastor Arthur. Can y'all see which one? Where? The guy with all the hair sticking out of that, that bush out of the top of that hair, the far, far right corner. I was 14 years of age, and man, I had, oh, I had it. All right, I get in front of there, I had that blow dryer, you know, and I, and I, you remember the Cars music, Rick Ocasek, and how he had that, I would make my hair, I had, it wouldn't flip out, I had to make it flip forward, you know, and I took those brushes that had that roll, you know what I'm talking about, so I could heat it up, and I could roll it, and I get, and, and I turn around, and look in the back like this, I did more than the barber did, right? And I had those wings growing, and I had some hair. I, had, I would be, you know, I drove a Camaro back, a 78 Camaro, and I remember I would, my philosophy is if, if I got there before the bell rang, that's good enough, right? <laughs> kind of like my grades, you used to think a C passed you just as quickly as an A. <laughs> so I'd show up in the back of the parking lot, and this, it was two football fields to get to the high school, and the wind would be blowing, right? And I'm like this. <laughs> help me get to the, help me get to the class. And if I felt something just kind of, ooh, a puff of wind out of place, I was instantly in the boys' restroom. I don't care how many tardy slips they gave me. I was gonna make sure that hair is right. I might not graduate valedictorian, but I'm, I'm gonna have good hair. 
Now in that, do you see where my father's there? Look in the middle, that coach. It's Papa Morgan right there. And then on the right, right below me, that's my youngest sister, Sharon. So that was back. And so my point is there. You can go ahead and take it down, Sam. Is that I spent a lot of time in the mirror. James says that there's two kinds of people here. One that looks at the mirror. He, he says this is the word, is a mirror. And some people just glance at it. And they're forgetful hearers because they don't spend enough time in the word to see if they've got any th issues. When you look in the perfect law of liberty, it can set some things free. It'll point some things out. How many know Jesus is full of truth and mercy? Amen. And so we can't fix some things if we're not looking at some things. This word is a mirror. And we're to look in the mirror and let it reflect. And if there's anything wrong, then we need to repent of it and change it. Some people have the idea they're forgetful here. They're just like, you know what? I just need a little dab of this. A little dab of do you. Huh? A dose a day will keep the devil away. And you can't do that. Because if you don't spend time looking in the mirror of the word, you're not going to be able to repent. And maybe it's because people know there's something wrong and they don't want to look in the mirror. But we got to look in the mirror of the word so we can change. You look at it and you go, oh man, uh, I got a little pride here. I got a little bitterness right here. Where'd that come from? And it's not to condemn you, it's to convict you so that you can change and become better. The person who looks continually in the mirror of the word will be blessed. Why? Because he's transforming. This book of the law should not depart from your mouth, but if you meditate on it, observe everything, and do everything according to it, it will make your way prosperous. Romans 12, 1, 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, but do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed. transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove the complete acceptable will of God. Amen. That person's going to be blessed because there's a transformation going on. See, you don't want to use the mirror. You want to use the mirror for yourself and not run around to showing to other people. Have you looked in the mirror lately? How about you? Have you been looking in the mirror lately? I've seen. You got a little something there. You don't want to do that. It's kind of like Jesus says, you see the speck in your brother's eye, but you're running around with a two before in your own eye. Can you imagine having a two before out to here? Enough lumber to build a house, and you're running around saying, hey, you missed it right here. You missed the mark. And you turn around hitting them in the head with your lumber, right? What's he say first? Get rid of the lumber out of your own eye so you can clearly. How are you going to do that? Continually look in the Word. Because it's going to reflect what you are. See, here people say this. Well, I read the Bible. But does the Bible read you? I read the Bible. 
But does the Bible read you? See, after a while, if you continue it, it's going to reflect. It's going to show things that you need to change. Praise God for the truth. Amen. And it changes you. You sit there and you look and you, and you change and, and, and you don't feel condemned. You're like, okay, Lord, I'm going to repent. I see that. Thank you for not taking me to the woodshed. I'm going to change. I'm going I'm to correct this. Because you're looking continually in the Word of God. You're being transformed. But here's the wonderful thing about it. When you look into the Word of God, you're not just looking at truth. You're looking at grace. The face of grace is looking right back at you. That's wonderful. The more you continue, the reason the man is blessed that continues looking in the mirror of the Word is because he's being transformed. Because a metamorphosis is taking place. Remember when Jesus went to the mountain transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and he's up there and he is shining. The glory of God is shining. He, he's never done that, but now he's on this mountain, the Shekinah glory of God. It says he it was shining like the sun, he was just glowing white. That didn't come from the outward. That was always inside him. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's always been there. Transformation, metamorphosis, it means the same thing when he was transformed before their eyes. It means the same thing as when you've been transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you spend time in this, a metamorphosis takes place. It changes you. It transforms you. When you get that old ugly caterpillar that goes crawling along the ground and crawls up and gets in a cocoon, it turns and transforms into what? A beautiful butterfly. But that didn't come from the outside. The butterfly was already in the caterpillar. It's always been in the caterpillar. But a metamorphosis took place and it turned into a butterfly. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 18. Is it up there? Yes. But we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. There's that word transformed. Into the same, whose image? Jesus' image. Same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So more of you being transformed... The more time you continually get in this word, pay attention to this word, look into the mirror of the word, you're being transformed in the image of God. You're being transformed in the image of Jesus. You're not just seeing your face, you're seeing the face of Jesus. Because a metamorphosis is taking place. Because when you spend enough time to look at the truth, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, you can go, oh, I need to get rid of that. That is hindering me. I need to get rid of these things. And when you repent and you receive truth and you receive the engrafted word, it's able to save your soul. It's able to change you. And so you'll start seeing Jesus in the mirror. You'll start looking more and more like your father. Not because of the outward. Listen, if you've been cleansed by the blood of Calvary, if the winds of the Holy Spirit have cleansed you, Jesus lives down inside of you. He lives down inside of you. 
We might have some sin. We might have some flesh. But that's not our identity. Our identity is in Him. Because when you ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, you're born again. You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old passed away. The new identity comes in your spirit. And you have Jesus living down in your heart. That's so wonderful. Reminds me of the story about the ugly duckling. Remember the story about the ugly duckling? He, this duck had some eggs, and she's sitting on the nest, and it's one big egg there, and all her little ducklings hatch. She sees this one big egg, and finally it hatches, and out comes this ugly-looking gray duck, bigger than the rest, can't quack, leads them all into the water, and surprisingly, this thing can swim. And so the little ducks look at him like, you're not part of us. Reject it. You can't quack. You're not a duck. So the ugly duckling walks over to a farmhouse and he sees a cat there. Remember the story? The cat starts making fun. You can't purr. You're not a cat. Hen looks at him and pecks at him and says, you're not a chicken. You can't cluck. So the ugly duckling finally does what he can do. He goes out and he's swimming in his pond. And he sees these beautiful swans. You remember that? The beautiful swans. And he's like, oh, I wish I could be that beautiful swan. And then one day, the swans take off and they're flying, you know, for the winter. And he's thinking he's, he's there during the winter and the duck is taking refuge in a cave. And finally, when spring comes, he goes back out in the water and all of a sudden, he sees these swans flying in again and they're heading right to him, right to where he's at. He's like, oh my goodness, they're here to hurt me because I'm not, I, they're here to, to hurt me. And what happens is they look at him and I said, why are you shameful? Why are you looking down? He goes, because I'm an ugly duckling. And they go, no, you're one of us. You're one of us. And he looks down in his reflection <laughs> into the mirror. And what does he see? He's a beautiful swan. Folks, you might be here today and people say, you're ugly with your sin. You're ugly with your sin. You're an ugly duckling. You'll never amount to anything. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You ever been like that? People call you out, tell you stuff like that. But I'm going to tell you right here today that if you're born again by the blood of Jesus, if you've been washed by the blood of Jesus, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, there's a metamorphosis that can take place, right? It can change you. It can transform you. It can renew you. You're not that ugly duckling in sin. Listen, you don't have that sin nature anymore. That's who you used to be. You're the righteousness of God. You have Jesus' righteousness, and he's the one that makes you righteous. So realize that today. Realize, hey, my identity, no matter what, if you, don't be scared to go to the mirror. Don't be scared to look at some things. You might find some things. But the beautiful part about it, he's a merciful God. And he'll point it out, and then you repent. You're changing from glory to glory. You're looking more and more like your father. You're looking more and more like Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.